0: section 12 of lucretia borgia by ferdinand gregorovius this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by emily maynard book one chapter 12 the divorce and second marriage after the surrender of the remnant of the french forces in the fall of 1496 giovanni sforza returned from naples there is no doubt that he went to rome for the purpose of taking lucretia home with him to pesaro where we find him about the close of the year, and where he spent the winter. The chroniclers of Pesaro, however, state that he left the city in disguise January fifteenth, fourteen 1497, and that Lucretia followed him a few days later for the purpose of going to Rome. Both were present at the Easter festivities in the papal city. Sforza was now a worn-out plaything, which Alexander was preparing to cast away for his daughter's marriage to the tyrant of pesaro promised him nothing more the house of sforza having lost all its influence moreover the times were propitious for establishing connections which would be of greater advantage to the borgias the pope was unwilling to give his son-in-law a command in the war against the orsini which he had begun immediately after the return of his son don giovanni from spain for whom he wanted to confiscate the property of these mighty lords he secured the services of duke guidobaldo of urbino who likewise had served in the allied armies of naples and whom the venetians released in order that he might assume supreme command of the papal troops this noble man was the last of the house of montefeltre and the borgias already had their eyes on his possessions his sister giovanna was married in fourteen seventy eight to the municipal prefect giovanni della rovere a brother of cardinal giuliano and in fourteen ninety she bore him a daughter francesca maria a child who was looked upon as heir of urbino Guidobaldo did not disdain to serve as a condottiere for pay in the hope of winning honors he was also a vassal of the church fear of the borgias led him to seek their friendship although he hated them in the war against the orsini the young duke of gandia was next in command under guidobaldo and alexander made him the standard-bearer of the church and rector of viterbo and of the entire patrimonium after he had removed alessandro Farnese from that position this appears to have been due to a dislike he felt for julia's brother september seventeenth fourteen ninety six the mantuan agent in rome john carolus wrote to the marchioness gonzaga cardinal farnese is shut up in his residence in the patrimonium and will lose it unless he is saved by the prompt return of Julia. the same ambassador reported to his sovereign as follows "'Although every effort is made to conceal the fact that these sons of the Pope are consumed with envy of each other, the life of the Cardinal of San Giorgio, Raphael Riario, is in danger. Should he die, Caesar would be given the office of Chancellor and the palace of the dead Cardinal of Mantua, which is the most beautiful in Rome, and also his most lucrative benefices. Your Excellency may guess how this plot will terminate.'" The war against the Orsini ended with the ignominious defeat of the papal forces at Soriano, January 23, 1497, whence Don Giovanni, wounded, fled to Rome, and where Guidobaldo was taken prisoner. The victors immediately forced a peace on the most advantageous terms not until the conclusion of the war did lucretia's husband return to rome we shall see him again there for the last time at the easter festivities of fourteen ninety seven when as alexander's son-in-law he assumed his official place during the celebration in st peter's and standing near caesar and gandia received the eastern palm from the pope's hand his position in the vatican had however become untenable alexander was anxious to dissolve his marriage with lucretia sforza was asked to give her up of his own free will and when he refused was threatened with extreme measures flight alone saved him from the dagger a poison of his brother's in-law according to the statements of the chroniclers of pesaro it was lucretia herself who helped her husband to flee and thus caused the suspicion that she was also a participant in the conspiracy It is related that one evening when giacomino lord giovanni's chamberlain was in madonna's room her brother caesar entered and on her command the chamberlain concealed himself behind a screen caesar talked freely with his sister and among other things said that the order had been given to kill sforza when he had departed lucretia said to giacomino did you hear what he said go and tell him this the chamberlain immediately did And Giovanni Sforza threw himself on a Turkish horse and rode in twenty-four hours to Pesaro, where the beast dropped dead. According to the letters of the Venetian envoy in Rome, Sforza fled in March in Holy Week. Under some pretext, he went to the church of San Onofrio, where he found the horse waiting for him. The request for the divorce was probably not made by Lucretia, but by her fathers and brothers, who wished her to be free to enter into a marriage which would advance their plans. We are ignorant of what was now taking place in the Vatican, and we do not know that Lucretia made any resistance. But if she did, it certainly was not of long duration, for she does not appear to have loved her husband. Pesaro's escape did not please the Borgias. They would have preferred to have silenced this man for ever. But now that he had gotten away and raised an objection, it would be necessary to dissolve the marriage by process of law, which would cause a great scandal shortly after sforza's flight a terrible tragedy occurred in the house of borgia the mysterious murder of the duke of gandia on the failure of alexander's scheme to confiscate the estates of the ossini and bestow them on his dearly beloved son he thought to provide for him in another manner he made him duke of benevento thereby hoping to prepare the way for him to reach the throne of naples a few days later june fourteenth the invited him and caesar together with a few of their kinsmen to a supper in her vineyard near san pietro in vinculo don giovanni returning from this family feast disappeared in the night without leaving a trace and three days later the body of the murdered man was found in the tiber according to the general opinion of the day which in all probability was correct caesar was the murderer of his brother from the moment alexander the sixth knew this crime had been committed and assumed responsibilities for its motives and consequences and pardoned the murderer he became morally accessory after the fact and fell himself under the power of his terrible son from that time on every act of his was intended to further caesar's fiendish ambition none of the records of the day say that don giovanni's consort was in rome when this tragedy occurred we are therefore forced to assume that she was not there when her husband was murdered it is much more likely that she had not left spain and that she was living with her two little children in gandia or valencia where she received the dreadful news in a letter written by alexander to his sister Doña beatrice borgia y arenos this is rendered probable by the court records of valencia september twenty seventh fourteen ninety seven Dona Maria Enriquez appeared before the tribunal of the governor of the kingdom of Valencia, Don Luis de Cabaineles, and claimed the estate, including the duchy of Gandia and the Neapolitan fiefs of Suesa, Teano, Carinola, and Montefoscolo, for Don Giovanni's eldest son, a child of three years. The duke's death was proved by legal documents, on which was this letter written by Alexander, and the tribunal accordingly recognized Gandia's son as his legal heir. Dona maria also claimed her husband's personal property in his house in rome which was valued at thirty thousand ducats and which on the death of don giovanni had been transferred by alexander the sixth to the fratricide caesar to administer for his nephew as appears from an official document of the roman notary bene in bene, dated december nineteenth fourteen ninety eight at this time lucretia was not in her palace in the vatican june fourth she had gone to the convent of san sisto on the appian way thereby causing a great sensation in rome her flight doubtless was in some way connected with a forced annulment of her marriage while her father himself may not have banished her to san Cisto, she probably excited by pizarro's departure and perhaps angry with the pope had doubtless sought this place as an asylum that she was angry with him is shown by a letter written by donato aretino from rome june nineteenth to cardinal Ippolito d'este madonna lucretia has left the palace in salutato hospite and gone to a convent known as that of san sisto where now she is some say she will turn none while others make different statements which i cannot entrust to a letter we know not what prayers and what confessions lucretia made at the altar but this was one of the most momentous periods of her life while in the convent she learned of the terrible death of one of her brothers, and shuddered at the crime of the other. For she, like her father and all the Borgias, firmly believed that Caesar was a fratricide. She clearly discerned the marks of his inordinate ambition. She knew that he was planning to lay aside the cardinal's robe and become a secular prince she must have known too that they were scheming in the vatican to make john juffre a cardinal in caesar's place and to marry the latter to the former's wife donna Sancha, with whom it was generally known he was on most intimate terms alexander commanded juffre and his young wife to leave rome and take up their abode in the princely seat in squilace and he set out on august seventh for that place it is stated that the pope did not want his children and nepots about him any longer and that he also wished to banish his daughter lucretia to valencia in the meantime in july caesar had gone to capua as papal legate where he crowned don federico the last of the aragonese as king of naples september fourth he returned to rome alexander had appointed a commission under the direction of two cardinals for the purpose of divorcing lucretia from giovanni sforza these judges showed that sforza had never consummated the marriage and that his spouse was still a virgin which according to her contemporary materazzo of perugia set all italy to laughing lucretia herself stated that she was willing to swear to this during these proceedings her spouse was in Pesaro. thence he subsequently went in disguise to milan to ask the protection of duke ludovico and to get him to use his influence to have his wife who had been taken away restored to him this was in june he protested against the decision which had been pronounced in rome and which had been purchased and ludovico il moro made the naive suggestion that he subject himself to a test of his capacity in the presence of trustworthy witnesses and of the papal legate in milan which however sforza declined to do ludovico and his brother ascanio finally induced their kinsmen to yield and sforza intimidated declared in writing that he had never consummated his marriage with lucretia The formal divorce, therefore, took place December 20th, 1497, and Sforza surrendered his wife's dowry of thirty-one thousand ducats. Although we may assume that Alexander compelled his daughter to consent to the separation, it does not render our opinion of Lucretia's part in the scandalous proceedings any less severe. She shows herself to have had as little will as she had character, and she also perjured herself her punishment was not long delayed, for the divorce proceedings made her notorious and started terrible rumors regarding her private life. These reports began to circulate at the time of the murder of Gandia and of her divorce from Sforza. The cause of both these events was stated to have been an unmentionable crime according to a reliable witness of the day it was the lord of pesaro himself injured and exasperated who first and to the duke of milan had openly uttered the suspicion which was being whispered about rome by permitting himself to do this he showed that he had never loved lucretia alexander had dissolved his daughter's marriage for political reasons it was his purpose to marry lucretia and caesar into the royal house of naples this dynasty had re-established itself there after the expulsion of the french but its position had been so profoundly shaken that its fall was imminent and it was this very fact that made alexander hope to be able to place his son caesar on the throne of naples the most terrible of the borgias now appropriated the place left vacant by the duke of gandia to which he had long aspired and only for the sake of appearances did he postpone casting aside the cardinal's robe the pope however was already scheming for his son's marriage for him he asked king federico for the hand of his daughter carlotta who had been educated at the court of france as a princess of the house of savoy the king an upright man firmly refused and the young princess in horror rejected the pope's insulting offer federico in his anxiety made one sacrifice to the monster in the vatican he consented to the betrothal of don alfonso prince of salerno younger brother of Dona Sancha and natural son of alfonso the second to lucretia alexander desired this marriage for no other reason than for the purpose of finally inducing the king to agree to the marriage of his daughter and caesar even before lucretia's new betrothal was settled upon it was rumored in rome that her former affianced don gasparo was again pressing his suit, and that there was a prospect of his being accepted. Although the young Spaniard failed to accomplish his purpose, Alexander now recognized the fact that Lucretia's betrothal to him had been dissolved illegally. In a brief dated June tenth, fourteen 1498, he speaks of the way his daughter was treated, without special dispensation for breaking the engagement, in order that she might marry Giovanni of Pesaro, which was a great mistake, as illegal he says in the same letter that gasparo of procida count of almenara had subsequently married and had children but not until fourteen ninety eight did lucretia petition to have her betrothed to him formally declared null and void the pope therefore absolved her of the perjury she had committed by marrying giovanni sforza in spite of her engagement to don Gasparo, and while he now for the first time declared her formal betrothal to the count of procida to have been dissolved he gave her permission to marry any man whom she might select thus did a pope play fast and loose with one of the holiest of the sacraments of the church when lucretia had in this way been protected against the demands of all pretenders to her hand she was free to enter into a new alliance which she did june twentieth fourteen ninety eight in the vatican if we were not familiar with the character of the public men of that age we should be surprised to learn that king federico's proxy on this occasion was none other than cardinal ascanio sforza who had been instrumental in bringing about the marriage of his nephew and lucretia and who had consented in sforza's name to the disgraceful divorce thus were he and his brother ludovico determined to retain the friendship of the borges at any price Lucretia received a dowry of 40,000 ducats, and the king of Naples bound himself to make over the cities of Quadrata and Biselli to his nephew for his dukedom. The young Alfonso accordingly came to Rome in July to become the husband of a woman whom he must have regarded at least as unscrupulous and utterly fickle. He doubtless looked upon himself as a sacrifice presented by his father at the altar of Rome quietly and sorrowfully welcomed by no festivities almost secretly came this unhappy youth to the papal city he went at once to his betrothed in the palace of santa maria in portico in the vatican july twenty first the marriage was blessed by the church among the witnesses to the transaction were the cardinals ascanio juan lopez and giovanni borgia In obedience to an old custom, a naked sword was held over the pair by a knight, a ceremony which in this instance was performed by Giovanni Servillon, captain of the papal guard. End of section 12